Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Quinn, and my pronouns are he, him. And my name is Julie, and my pronouns are she, her. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts for this podcast, so let's get into it. All right, welcome back to another episode of What's Up. Hi, Grace. How are you today? Hi, Julie. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good as well. Um, So today in our episode, we'll be touching on um, what imposter syndrome is, and we'll be talking a little bit about vulnerability and how the two connect. Um, And so we're just going to start off to talk about what is imposter syndrome. As students, we hear this term, this phrase, um, pretty often. But what is it? So according to Oxford language, imposter syndrome is defined as the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So to break it down to simple terms, um, imposter syndrome can be seen as an individual doubting their abilities and feeling like a fraud because they aren't being themselves and aren't expressing their authentic selves. So speaking of this, Grace, would you like to talk a little bit more about the different characteristics and how imposter syndrome can transpire? Yeah, and I feel like as college students, it's very, very common to experience imposter syndrome, especially just like in higher ed as well. It's really easy to make yourself think that you're like not fitting in or like if you're in a higher level class like I've been there before where I'm in a new class and I'm like oh my god I don't even belong here like I should be in 101 instead of 400 level class like da 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 but it's always important to remind yourself that like you're there for a reason and you got there on your own and like just keeping yourself um in the loop in a way I guess like would you say that Julie like kind of just like checking in with yourself and making sure that like reassuring yourself is like really important. Yeah, no, it's really important for us to reassure ourselves because some of the most common characteristics that individuals who experience imposter syndrome may include self-doubt and lowering their self-esteem because they're constantly doubting their ability to succeed something because they're feeling that they're not putting their best effort in their work, which isn't true because I mean, as human beings, I feel like we're constantly doubting ourselves more than anyone else that exists can doubt us. Um, And so we're just fearful of not living up to our our expectations. So like what Grace was saying, it's really important for us to check in ourselves and making sure that we are not doubting ourselves. Yeah. And you need to like assess your competence and your skills. And what happens with imposter syndrome is like you just find yourself constantly berating your own performance. And like you're fearful of not living up to your expectations. And kind of what Julie was saying, like you're way more hard on yourself than anyone else. Like you're your biggest critic and it's really easy to fall into that mind space where your mindset where you're just like, oh my God, I'm not doing it right. Like everyone else is doing it better than me. And like, I promise it's not that deep. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's never that it's deep. never that deep girlies like it is it's hard to not give into that sort of like imposter syndrome mindset but it is important to like check in with yourself and reassure yourself that you know you're here for a reason and if you're having a hard time you can make it through mm-hmm So we're going to talk about the different types of imposter syndrome. So there's the superhero, which is when you overwork yourself to make up for how inadequate you feel and not like feeling productive. So it's like you're just constantly overextending yourself to make up for the things that you think you're lacking um, and trying to like force yourself to be productive for the sake of just like trying to fill in the gaps. And then – there's the natural genius where you set super high goals and expectations for yourself, like out of reach, out of touch expectations. And then when you don't achieve those, you just feel completely defeated, um, which is like really some, I feel like that's kind of a common thing for college students. It's oh, like yeah. you go into college and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take 20 credits a term and then I'm going to graduate <laughs> in like two years and then I'm going to go to grad school and like da 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 Like yeah. all these really, really hard to attain things. And then it's like if you get in that mindset of those goals and like that's your goal, it's going to feel really, really bad when you um, don't end up doing that. And like you have to remind yourself that, again, things aren't that deep. Like <laughs> taking it slow is really important. Um and then there's the expert type of imposter syndrome where uh, you're never satisfied with your knowledge or work and you're always wanting to learn more to be better, which is like – a. I mean, I think it's awesome to like set yourself up to like want to learn more and stuff. But if it's just like a constant like, oh, I'm having to learn more because I'm like inadequate, like that's when it gets kind of bad. It becomes like – an addiction yeah. to study. <laughs> no, I definitely – I've fell down that rabbit hole before where I'm just like, I need to know everything before next class. But it's like, okay, girl, just do your Quizlet flashcards and you'll That's okay. <laughs> and then there's the perfectionist type of imposter syndrome where you're just always fixated on your flaws instead of your strengths. And I know that this is one that I really have a hard time with. Like whenever I finish something – instantly I'm like, okay, I could have done this better in this way, in this way, rather than like celebrating myself and being like, oh, I actually did do that at homework assignment. And that in and of itself is an accomplishment. So that's kind of one that feels close to me. That's a really good one. And I really (laughs) like that Grace brought up the point of just celebrating the littlest like achievements, like you said. Yeah. Like, yeah, I finished that assignment. That's something you should be proud yeah, of because no. you just finished an assignment. And that you, no matter if it's good or bad, you can always go back and fix it, edit yeah. your assignment or whatever. But you finished it. And so celebrate it. Yeah. Feel proud of yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, and like honestly, like we're on Zoom. We're like online school. We're in a pandemic. Like if you do your discussion post and you're like – hey, friend, yes, I agree, totally. <laughs> like, and that's your discussion post. Like, pat yourself on the back for even doing the discussion post because some days I'm like, the last thing I want to do is log on to Canvas and be like, hi, friend, yes, I totally agree. This is why. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's really important to just, like, celebrate yourself when you do something. So, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the soloist type of imposter syndrome where it's like you prefer to work alone and you're afraid to ask for help or receive support because you don't want to appear weak or incompetent. So this is another one that I really struggle with (laughs) um, that feels close to me just because 
I'm always like, oh, I can just do it myself. Like, don't worry. I don't want anyone to worry about me. And being afraid to ask for help is really just going to like set you set you up for failure in a way. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to ask for help. And I don't know if you can relate to this, Julie, but it always like ends up – it's like I always wait till it's a crisis to ask for help rather than like asking for help along the way when I should have been. Yeah. But I've never learned my lesson. I'm 21 and I'm like, still learning <laughs> that lesson. It is still the same. We are creatures of habits, Grace. So yeah. no, you're good. But no, I feel – the same for me I'm a mix of both superhero and Mm -hmm. soloist because everything I'm like submerged myself which is really bad something I've tried to kind of change um and is a goal of mine to not be in that hustle culture yeah because every single time I finish all my work and that I'm just relaxing I'm like why am I relaxing I can't relax. I can be productive um, during this time. And so I feel like I tend to overwork myself and Mm -hmm. push myself past my limits and like not have boundaries when it Mm -hmm. comes to staying, which is really unhealthy because then it kind of evolves into this whole quote unquote studying addiction and that you aren't allowing yourself to relax. And relaxing is a part of growth. It's part of learning. You got to let yourself, let your brain recover from studying and that you need to take moments to comprehend, allow yourself to digest and digress what you are doing and be mindful of of it as well. And like what Grace was saying, I am also a soloist and I (laughs) hate- Soloist girlies, rise up. (laughs) (laughs) I hate asking for help and that, I mean, now I'm a little better. I'll admit I'm a little better. I've come- kind of like overcame that stress um, about asking for help because I just don't want to be show my weakness. And I think many also can relate to that is that they're afraid of expressing that weakness of themselves and afraid that that weakness will impede their ability to succeed and that we want to allow all of our listeners and everyone to know that it is normal to ask for help and do not let yourself fall into I don't know, the worst situation you can think of yeah. and then ask for help because then it might be a little too late. I mean, it's not, it's never late to ask for help, but <laughs> do it before. It's better yeah, to no, do it totally. more than later. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that's like definitely a skill. Like mm-hmm. that is so hard to do. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a Virgo. I get it. I'm an earth sign. Like <laughs> yeah. we, know, we all want to do the things on our own. Like it's hard to ask for help because you just don't want to make other people think that you're weak or like you don't want to feel like a burden on people but like I mean Julie you can always ask me for help like I'm always here for you girly (laughs) (laughs) thanks Grace you can also do the same ask me for help I got you um but yeah those are the different types of imposter syndrome that are pretty prevalent among everyone not only students um speaking of prevalence there is an estimated that 70 percent of people will experience an imposter syndrome episode at least once in their life and why so and why is it so common um the reason why it's really common is because of all the societal expectations that has been like laid out for people over years all these social norms um of what hard working looks like and we've talked about this uh briefly in an episode last term about um kind of like productivity versus with hustle culture which i also mentioned a minute ago but in our society we interpret hard working as constantly working and because of that it it doesn't allow us to take a break, as I mentioned. And um, because we're always working, we want to be like 
everyone else. Like everyone is trying to influence everyone by working a lot. And um, that leads to different types of imposter syndrome, which we listed before. Um, and relating it to student life specifically and society as a whole, actually, is that during when we're in school, like what Grace was saying, as a freshman, you come in, you're like, I'm taking training credits. I'm graduating <laughs> in two years. That is like stress right there. And for the students who are like in their second, third year, you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to seize for opportunity. I need to get an internship like yeah. a classmate of mine. Like I need to do yeah. that right away. And that if you don't have an internship, you're just like, I feel like the shittiest person because I'm not yeah. ahead of my stuff like other people are doing. Yeah. And so um, I feel like throughout school in general, there's always a time where we are doubting ourselves and that we think that we're not good enough and that, um, I don't know, people are just better and we feel the least about ourselves. Um, and there are also studies that have shown that graduate students may are actually the most acceptable to this phenomenon because as you finish another chapter in life, you're stressing about the next chapter. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? Like grad school, find a job. Yeah. <laughs> and so studies have shown that graduate students experience the most imposter syndrome. And so it's okay to accept that you're ex experiencing it, but also acknowledging that you can change and that yeah. you can do something about it. Well, and it's also like, it's so common too, especially I feel like in higher ed, like the undergraduate level and the graduate level, like I don't have any experience as a grad student. I wish Miranda <laughs> was here to give us some insight, but it does make sense. Like, but you have to keep reminding yourself that like you're there for a reason. You ended up there for a reason. And um, yeah, you're just like, you have to keep constantly reassuring yourself. And it's hard to do that when it's like you're already in that mindset of imposter syndrome and like self-deprecation. Like it's really hard to drag yourself out of that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And um, besides graduate students, study also suggested that imposter syndrome is more prevalent among certain races and gender as well. And I can speak this for myself because as a daughter of um, both my parents were immigrants. And so in my mind, I'm just like, I have to constantly work hard to kind of kind of live up their expectations and become successful because I'm like a first gen student and that I'm a woman and that I'm a woman of color. And so there are a lot of expectations on myself um, when it comes to becoming successful. And so because of that, I feel like sometimes it translates itself into an imposter syndrome and that, like I said, being a superhero, I always want to overwork myself because I feel like I need to work towards like, I don't know, a big goal, a big yeah. dream, big objective of mine. And that I set exceedingly, exceedingly high goals. And when I don't achieve it, I'm just like, dang, I yeah. didn't achieve it. Um, and so, and that goes to a lot of students of color and first gen student. They feel like they're constantly having to push um, past the limit and that everyone is just kind of doing um, the minimum. Whereas we always have to like, I don't know, go above and beyond. And so I that stress turns itself into imposter syndrome, which is definitely not healthy. So yeah, imposter syndrome is really common among people who also start new endeavors. Um, and like that can be a pretty big like life shift or like college experience um, or new a job. And like, I know that I really felt that way when we 
where when I joined this job, like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like kind of waiting for direction and stuff, but I didn't want to necessarily ask for direction because I didn't want to come off as like, oh, I don't know what to do. But it's like Julie and I were both new to this job this year. And so we were kind of like in it together, just kind of silently suffering in a way (laughs) for the first few weeks or so. But yeah. And um, I think what would have really helped with that is like allowing myself to be vulnerable and like allowing myself for failure. And like that can be really hard when you're in that imposter syndrome mindset. Like if you're already feeling like you're just trying your best to fit in and stuff and then when you have and then when you fail, it just makes it so much worse. But honestly, like failure is not like I said earlier, it's like not that deep sometimes. (laughs) Like most of the time you can pick yourself up and redo it. Um, But being vulnerable as well and like being open to letting yourself fail is really important. Um, And like a lot of what comes with imposter syndrome is like feeling vulnerable. Like you don't want to be seen as weak. So you're just kind of feeling like a little bit scared or off. Um, And Uh, the dictionary definition of vulnerability would be like the quality or state of feeling exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. So in new instances, like you kind of just feel vulnerable, like, oh, I'm at a new job. I'm just feeling a little nervous, like, but I don't want to tell anyone because I have this imposter syndrome and like, I don't think I was meant to be here. Um, But that's not true. I mean, you got accepted to that job or you got accepted to that class or you got that good grade because you earned it, you know? Mm -hmm. And kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, like it's really important to ask for help when you're going through something like this. Like asking for help is not showing your weakness. It's actually like it's a major skill to have and it's a major strength too. Like I really admire people who are like, you know what? I actually can't do this. I need help, like, because yeah. I've never been able to do that. So no, yeah. I really admire when people are able to do that. Yeah, and mustering up that courage to be like, yeah. I am struggling or yeah. I need help is just – I feel like I'm exposing myself. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> and it's, like, hard yeah. for us to admit that. And, I mean, Grace, you can probably relate to this, but, mm. I mean, probably everyone can. And we're always – We feel ashamed sometimes in society. Like we said, all the societal expectations and norms makes it hard for us to kind of admit our struggles and admit that we need help and not kind of just stay wrapped up and be like, it's fine. It's okay. Which are the two things I say very often. It's It's fine. It's It's okay. okay. No, it's not fine. It's not okay. (laughs) And it is okay to ask for help. And going back to what Grace was saying, there are many different forms of failure. And failure can be interpreted differently. Like someone failure could be like, I got a C on an exam. Mm-hmm. And then someone else failure might be like, I got I an fa- A minus. Yeah. <laughs> or like someone else failure can be like, I failed asking for help. There yeah. are many different forms of failure. So don't ever be like, oh, my failure must conform with everyone yeah. else because everyone failures interpret differently. And that's yeah, why that's asking for point. help is really yeah. important because we all need, like when we ask for help, it's specifically kind of tailored for that kind of struggle and all. So mm-hmm. don't feel like you shouldn't ask for help because the help wouldn't apply to your situation basically. Yeah. No, totally. Um, and speaking about vulnerability, um, just quickly st- talk about the book that I was reading Mm -hmm. it was called Daring Greatly and I thought it was really um 
I know interesting because in the book it defined vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, um, which are literally what we've been covering about <laughs> throughout this whole episode yeah. about how vulnerability is allowing ourselves to be our most authentic self and that it's okay to be uncertain about stuff um, and what's to come in life and taking risk is also really important like asking help is taking risk because you don't know what people will give you and what you'll get from people and just emotional exposure being mindful of your emotions and acknowledging how you feel is really important because we're like saying that yeah ask for help and we're not like forcing you to like as soon as you finish this podcast this episode you're just gonna run ask email for help. all my professors yeah like, email help. all my professors be like help <laughs> no take the time like mentally emotionally prepare yourself and be like i'm ready to ask for help i feel comfortable asking yeah. for help um and it's okay to be uncertain about it you know it's life i'm literally uncertain about 90 percent of the things i do in life but take <laughs> risk life is just too short yeah. take risk and do what you're most comfortable with and it's okay to um expose how you feel in the process yeah. And I think it's like it's really hard to kind of what you said, like expose yourself in that way because yeah. there's a lot of shame associated with asking for help mm-hmm. and um, like confronting your weaknesses in a way. But, you know, there's no growth if you just continue staying in your comfort zone. Like you need that push and you need to extend yourself. Um, and like a lot of people, myself included, are scared to leave their comfort zone because we're afraid of failing and we're afraid of change. And like, yeah, it's scary. But then at the end of the day, you have to be like, okay, am I just going to be like in this black hole in my mind forever? Or am I Mm -hmm. actually going to like confront this change or this weakness and try to improve it? Because I mean, it's going to suck at first when you're like confronting it and everything. But once you get over that, it's going to feel like, exhilarating like it's gonna be awesome yeah and um we were all kind of I feel like in American society raised in an environment where expressing emotions and weakness is just point blank failure but that's not true like it's just it's not true like kind of what I was saying where it's like if you're admitting that you're needing help like that's a really admirable strength and expressing your emotions and acknowledging that you're vulnerable in a new situation is a really really awesome thing to have um and yeah I don't (laughs) know yeah that's a really good point and I'm pretty sure we can all kind of relate to that and it's it applies to everyone where we kind of like we're raised environment where it's like you got to always show that you're strong and that you know what you're doing but that's not always the case and so it's okay and what Grace was saying shame is literally the prime factor constituent of vulnerability um and we kind of talked about it last week if you tuned into our episode um about dry january about how many people are afraid of change and afraid of kind of admitting what's going on is because they're afraid of feeling ashamed yeah um and that feeling ashamed is normal it's okay to feel ashamed when we're experiencing change when we want to change and so that don't ever feel afraid because other people are feeling the same way and that you're in like quote unquote not the only one yeah so it's perfectly fine to feel that way in my opinion and like what I agree grace saying go off for those who are not afraid of expressing your weaknesses because that only makes you stronger 
Um, Kelly Clarkson quote up in here. What oh, doesn't kill you, make you stronger. What <laughs> doesn't kill you, make you stronger. <laughs> um, so, so you have vulnerabilities. So what are the benefits of expressing vulnerability? So expressing it allows you to ease your anxiety because expressing your emotions can send a signal to your brain that it's not a bad thing. Um, when your brain is aware that it is good and healthy for you it, and you, you kind of like condition it to feel that it's okay. We're not telling you to kind of like always express that every second when you're stressed, whenever you're sad, be like you have to verbally say or like go to someone saying, but it's okay to kind of identify it and kind of conditioning in a way where your brain will accept vulnerability and that it's okay to feel that way and not to feel ashamed. Um, the next is it can help strengthen relationship because when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you're kind of connecting with people and can relate, you know, talk to people. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're not alone. I feel the yeah. same way. So it kind of help you develop that trust with people around you um, and allowing you to kind of reciprocate that feeling and yeah. trust. I know that general. I've definitely like made friends in classes because someone next to me like leaned over and was like I don't know what I'm doing yep. and I'm like oh my god neither do I like this is amazing like we can work it out together no yeah that's it's good it, it, like from there it can stem into a support system yeah be like hey we <gasps> love support system we love support <laughs> system um it's like hey I need I'm struggling let's work on this together yeah. you know boom you got someone to support and at that moment you kind mm -hmm. of created that trust within that relationship you just established mm -hmm. and that you will express your emotions and that you're like hey i need help and the other person's like hey i also need help mm -hmm. so that reciprocity is really really good um and lots just help you become more self-aware like i was saying during these moments you can be mindful of the current situation and kind of reflect, analyze how you are feeling and that acknowledging emotions and thought patterns, you'll begin to recognize your defense mechanism and emotional mm -hmm. blind spots to so be like, those are moments I'm not expressing it and I'm like hiding it. So yeah. I should do the opposite. I yeah. should express it. I should ask for help in the other way around. Um, and if you don't know how to express it, like I said, some starting points is kind of like, Acknowledging your labels by saying them and like talking about it. Um, and then journaling is also really good, I don't know, practice yeah. that you can try. Because writing, if you're afraid of speaking to someone about your feelings and all, kind of write it out. It like, yeah. instead of bottling, bottling it up, it's very helpful. Um, and practicing being assert, assert, assertive, <laughs> which um, will allow you to kind of like pinpoint your mm -hmm that specific emotion in that specific time yeah yeah and i think julie like what you're saying about practicing being assertive like i think a large part of imposter syndrome is just kind of allowing yourself to just kind of be passive in your actions and being like okay well like i don't even know if i should ask for help like i'm just feeling really down and like if you're just being passive in your life and not trying to make change then like that's just going to lead to more imposter syndrome because you're not strengthening your skills you're just passively letting your life pass you by yeah. <laughs> um so practicing being assertive is really important and like you don't necessarily have to be assertive with like the people around you but just being assertive with like yourself like I know that I really struggle with that too like telling myself like grace okay you're gonna do this and you're not gonna just like sit on your phone and you're not gonna avoid things like you need to do this and so I think that's also kind of helped me like with my imposter syndrome in a way like allowing myself to 
be disciplined, which is really hard. That avoidance. We yes, all. Yes, avoidance. Yes, yes, Not avoidance. the avoidance. I don't know her. <laughs> she's there. She's there. <laughs> yeah, miss avoidance. But yeah, so after all of this, like, what are some solutions for imposter syndrome? Like, we've already kind of talked about in tidbits what we can do to help improve or get rid of our imposter syndrome or not improve imposter syndrome, like not eradicate it, eliminate er- it, eradicate it, get it, rid- get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> um, but like sharing your feelings and knowing that there are other people who probably feel the same way and that it's okay to not necessarily have confidence in yourself, but like let go of the doubt and like you can build confidence off of that. Um, and like sharing your feelings with others or just like even journaling your feelings out about this, like it'll help you tremendously because there's someone somewhere that's feeling the same way. And um, you can also like identify and write down your accomplishments and what you're good at, um, which is something that I have really like that's really helped me too. Like I'll write down like three things I want to improve on and then I'll write like three things that I feel like I'm already really good at. And that kind of helps me identify areas where I want to improve and then areas where I'm like celebrating myself and proud of myself, which just kind of evens it out. It's not like a constant cycle of being like, oh, you need to improve this. Like you need to remember to also celebrate your wins and like who you are. Um, And like stop comparing yourself to others and stop comparing yourself to your past self too or your future self. Oh my God. Yeah. That's literally (laughs) one of my biggest struggles is comparing. And I'm pretty sure this goes to everyone. Stop comparing yourself to your past self, like what Grace is saying, and your future self. Acknowledge and embrace your present self. Mm -hmm. Yes, Julie. Acknowledge it. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like it's really – I mean, we're – it's so easy to – for me to compare myself to who I was like two years ago or three years ago. And then I have to remember like we're in a pandemic. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm flailing (laughs) around, but I'm here and I'm being present. And I can't compare myself to someone that I was two or three years ago because she was in a completely different world. Yeah. And myself in the future – I don't know what she's doing. Hope she's doing well, but like, <laughs> hope she she's thriving yeah, hope she's out kicking, there. But, like, <laughs> it's really important to stop comparing and acknowledge like yourself in the present moment, um, and knowing when to stop too. Like knowing your limits and your boundaries is really important too. Um, so knowing when to stop and like just take a beat, take a breath, but also knowing your purpose and your values in that moment, like being like, okay, I can't focus on this right now, but I'll get back to it in 10 minutes because it's going to help me improve my grade. And I really want that to happen rather than just being like, oh my God, I need to trudge through this right now because my grades, I'm going to like fail. Yeah. Like it's so easy <laughs> to fall into that trap. Um, and you need to just allow yourself to have those boundaries and recognize them. And again, like be vulnerable with yourself and just like allowing yourself to kind of break out of that hardened shell of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day it's just important to accept it and like embrace it like it's something that's going to help you grow and it's going to be good for you in the end to overcome this imposter syndrome and yeah you'll be proud of yourself like I'm so proud of my younger self for overcoming her imposter syndrome about something else and now I'm experiencing it 
in a different phase of life, but <laughs> I'm sure in three years I'll be proud of my present self. Yeah, you know I mean? and it's a process. Like what we, we've yeah. talked about, like we've mentioned it before. It's a process. It's not like it's something that you can get rid of right yeah, away. No. And as we said, it's pretty common, especially among college students. And you'll see it, like how prevalent it is in society. And so as you think about making changes or trying to, what we say, eradicate or eliminate this imposter syndrome, um, be kind to yourself, yeah. like be understanding, knowing that it's something that a lot of people struggle with and that you're not alone and that you should do it in a way where you're not being too harsh on yourself mm -hmm. and that you're being kind, graceful and showing gratitude about um, all the support around you and that go you for making the change. Like we've said before, like you got it. It's yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for today's episode. Um, you have anything to say? Quick affirmation, Grace. I just want to say good job, Grace. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say good job, Julie. Thank you. And good job to everyone. And, you know, just a daily affirmation. If you go out there, pull out your books, start reading, or pull out an assignment and start typing, go that, you. It takes so much to even start something for me. Like, I will be like, okay, starting this assignment, worked on it for five minutes. I deserve a two-hour break. Like, <laughs> that's not healthy. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, being proud of yourself for even just doing the work is important too. Yeah. Celebrating those little achievements um, throughout the day is really good. Helps boost your little self-esteem. But um, yeah, that's all we have for this week. I hope everyone have an amazing week. I hope you have a great one, Grace. <laughs> I hope you have an amazing week, Julie. Thanks. Thank you. Bye, Grace. Bye, Julie. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you next week. We at Shack are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth, and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number at 503-725-2800. If you're looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the CampusWell app. Also, feel free to check out the Virtual Mind Spa experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including resources links in the episode description as well as a link to the episode transcript. If you have any questions about health, wellness, shack, or anything we discussed in this podcast, please fill out the Google form in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care. We'll see you next week on What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor.